Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode. I'm really excited about today's guest, Coach Sebastian Carlos Cruz. He's actually coming from um, Africa, and we're going to hear more about all that stories. But um, he's got a fantastic story. He's also a TEDx speaker, and we're going to talk about how he's uh, embodied the life of a coach and helping others achieve the same, talk about his struggles. And I'm looking forward to talking to entrepreneurs such as Sebastian. So welcome. Christopher, thank you so much, brother. I hope you're doing amazing. Uh, it's been a pleasure to, to to go back and forth with you online, and I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Yeah, I know. Uh, I'm really excited about you know your TEDx and then also your um, your travels because you lived in so many different countries. So talk about your origin stories and how you came to do what you do. Yeah. So my origin. So for people who don't know, I'm Coach Sebastian, or people usually call me Coach Sebastian. So here, I messed up my mic. I think you can hear me good. Yeah, well, good. Yeah. Okay, fantastic. So, yeah, Coach Sebastian, born and raised in Sweden in a small city in the, outs, in the outskirts of Gothenburg. We had approximately 15,000 people where I lived. Grew up there, started traveling real early. Uh, as a 19-year-old, I took my best friend and said, hey, you, we, let, let's move to Australia. So we started backpacking, went to Australia, went to Asia. I consider moving or like living in a place so if I say that I lived in a place, I mean that I've been there for over six months. And <laughs> after, so after being in Australia, I decided to go to Norway, lived in Norway for a little bit, became a professional dancer, went to, did that for the longest time, modeling at the same time, so modeling internationally while being a professional dancer, mixing those two worlds together as an entrepreneur at the same time, just starting my own business, really trying to make a living of all of it, went from... Norway to Spain, Barcelona, lived there for about two years, then went to Malta, lived in Malta <laughs> for two years or for a year. And now I live in the Cape Verde Island, which is my heritage also, which is important to point out. So my father is from here. So when I moved here, I was on a discovery to learn more about my roots and the culture. And now I lived here for about two years. So that's like, as the, as the origin story of my traveling, at least. <laughs> what is it about the uh, travel? Is it, you know, some people just love to see different countries. Some love the uh, freedom. What is it about what uh, you going to these different places? And um, just so the audience kind of understands the motivations. Yeah. So for me, it was, it has always been about freedom. I always, the same thing with like, I'm, I've been an entrepreneur since I was 19. If always wanting to do new things, always wanting to, to be able to experience life at the fullest. I really want to live life big. I want big paycheck, big paydays, big plans, big travels, big boats, big yachts, everything. I really <laughs> want to experience all of it. So freedom for me is really a, something that is it's a principle of mine, something I value really, really highly. So it's definitely that part. You know, some people, I was actually listening to um, you know, a podcast just prior to your your interview and they're talking about money as you people use it for status especially here in the west you know the cars and the houses and you know all of that but uh but then there's also another 
idea and perspective is using money for utility, which is what you're talking about is freedom and your quality of life and, you know, uh, you know, helping others. And so kind of talk about this, um, this idea, because you've talked about, um, you know, early challenges, um, you know, your encounters at with outsiders and kind of how did that shape your perspective on mental health, being inclusive? You know, I lived, you know, when I was growing up, I lived in a suburb of all um, Caucasian. So I was always the outsider. So talk about that. Yes, I definitely know what you're talking about, being the outsider in an old Caucasian neighborhood. So, and first of all, like I highly agree with what you're saying, that money is a, is, is a utility. Like it's a, it's a tool for freedom. And as a performance coach, I have met individuals that are making multiple nine figures net worth and are really at like the top, top echelons of, of the social hierarchy when it comes to money. But they are dealing with the. If you if you're not happy and you don't have you're not satisfied and you're not having an enjoyment of life, these people are are as miserable as the people that I met that are living down on the streets here. I could like to argue actually that when I'm meeting people down here in, in Western Africa in the Cape Verde Islands, they are happier than some of the entrepreneurs that I've been coaching that are running multiple billion dollar venture capitalist funds in 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 Wall Street. So it's give and take, right? So when that leads us to mental health, because when it comes to mental health, you need a mission. You need a mission. And I always been extremely mission-based and I always wanted to overcome things. And, and that's been my story since the beginning. And my, my, my journey started as a, as a kid, normal kid. And then I was again around 12 to 15. Like that's when I started like, okay, like I, I'd, I don't look like everyone else, and you get a little, a little, little. I don't want to call it crisis, but it's like an identification navigation, right? Like you're trying to navigate who you are. And then in Sweden during this time, there was a lot of Nazis, a lot of racism. So I was, I had those encounter, like clear memories of running from Nazis home from school, just terrified. Grown-up people screaming at me while I'm walking in the town, calling my friend a race trader just because we're spending time together. So all of these things are, are like, that's my childhood. That's part, it's not my entire childhood, but it's a part of my childhood. And it, and it gave me a clear, a clear vision of like, okay, but this, this, this is life also. This is also what life is about. And then fast forward a couple of years later, I am from, I'm living like the peak of a social media illusion. I'm, I'm, I'm traveling the world, I'm making money online, I'm modeling, I'm dancing, big stages. And then from nowhere, I just start getting panic anxiety. And that spirals and I just start having that for a couple of, like it's a really, really dark time in my life. I have panic anxiety. I wake up middle of the night, cold, sweating, pressure in my forehead, mind is running in all places, feel like I'm exploding on the inside and really start to contemplating suicide during this time in my life. I really start to get like these suicidal thoughts. And after having that for, for, for some time, I, I managed to, to get myself out of that and I managed to work on myself. And that's when also when I start to study at the Norwegian School of Sports Science as a coach and a personal trainer. Fast forward a decade later, here I am today. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's interesting. And you, cause you talk about, um, you know, your, uh, dance as transformation and can you share how discovering dance at 17 became a transformative force in your life and career? Yeah. yeah. So I was doing martial arts before, which I, which I still do. 
And so dance, but dance gave me a place where I could express myself. I could be some myself. I could become myself. So I trained at a dance school called Twisted Feet Dance Academy in Gothenburg City, which is the city center of like the commune, essentially, of where I live. Um, so yeah, I did that for the longest time. Really, really, really found myself, found a place where I could express myself, found a place I could become who I am. And without that, I'm, I'm not sure where, where I would be today. And I'm, I'm still, until today, I'm still still dancing professionally, flying to Spain now in January to perform and teach workshops and, and do all of that good stuff. So that's still a huge part of my life. And for anybody who, who, who is struggling with some type of mental health, like you need an output. You need an output, whether that is dancing, whether that is training, whether that is endurance, kettlebells, hikes. Like you need something to just to get that stimulus because you have so much stimulus going inside inside of your body. So you just need an output. I believe that is super important. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Um, oh, sorry, I think you had another thought. Go ahead. No, so when it comes to all of these things, when it comes to dancing and, and training, it's so important because it also gives you community. And like I said previously, it, you're, it's, I'm, I'm a very mission-based person and I believe a lot of us men are. So having these missions that we're going on is something that is, it, it's, it's so important. Like I can't, stretch, I can't stretch the importance of it. Yeah, it's interesting because, uh, you know, because I'm studying a lot of entrepreneurs and talking to a lot of entrepreneurs and kind of, you know, because um, the traditional school is um, just reading and writing and arithmetic. And then, um, but, you know, to be successful in the real world today, you have to have so many other skills. And then, uh, and I know a lot of like, for example, athletes and martial artists, yeah. dancers, uh, their expression is through their body. So they may not do well on standardized tests, but when they, their expression and their creativity through their body, it's actually very powerful. So you put them in the right environments and, and boom magic happens that's um, the thing right so it's just like it's almost like we have to redefine what are we considering being smart because i wasn't school smart by any way shape or form but as a dancer and as a coach i'm one of the best in the world specifically training dancers so where do we when do we going to go into redefine smart is that photo you put a, it's a wonderful <laughs> picture doing that it's like the the current school system and they have an elephant a baboon a giraffe and a goldfish in a bowl and they stand next to a tree and they say climb this tree is a measurement of how we count and how we like calculate who is the smartest at the moment i believe that very much yeah and uh what's interesting is i was just there's this funny uh, meme going on is kind of like um especially in the west they said that the modern school system was designed to train people to work in the factories the car factories which is, uh, you know, quite hilarious. If you, um, yeah, it's it's <laughs> tragical and fun at the same time. And and that's the thing. And that's the thing. So it's like, well, at what point are we going to break loose of these frames and really make sure that we're like, hey, like, I'm going to define my life. I'm going to make sure that I'm the person that is, I'm in charge of my life. And I was very lucky to have a, a brother that I, that was my, he's been my best friend since I was 12. So we have always been like this together. It's like, I'm going to break out. I'm going to, we are going to do this. We're going to be our entrepreneurs. We are going to have salaries. We are going to, we're not going to be hired by somebody that we don't, that, that we think less. So like, we are going to go on this mission together. So again, mission-based with the brotherhood. I think it's super important. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, yeah. I love this. Uh, you're kind of the, what you're talking about freedom and then basically you're gonna create your own you're not gonna go work for somebody and uh, mission-based um the other question is kind of moving on is um this talk uh one thing is you talk about um 
innovation, especially um, innovation in dance. And you kind of created the world's first Afro-Latin dance festivals focusing yeah. on health. Um, talk about that. Exactly. So, so I did this whole journey. I did this whole journey with my mental health, started struggling, went through all of this. And then when I came out on the other side, when I'm starting to get better, I'm starting to studying at the Norwegian School of Sports Science. That's where I studied fitness. And when I'm done with that, I'm, I'm, or during that time, I, I'm already a professional dancer. So my focus is on how to improve dancers to become better. Because I saw, I saw a gap because I couldn't find anything that I needed. So I spent days searching on, 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 online for dance-specific training, specifically for dancers, hip-hop dancers. But the only thing I could find was things for ballet dancers. And that was something I couldn't relate to. Like, uh, just looking at ballet, I'm like, this has nothing to do with what I'm doing. I'm a hip-hop dancer. <laughs> so took spiral through that, and it's like, okay, but let me, let me, let me create this. So my whole, my, during my entire time in school, I was focusing on specific, sport-specific training. Fast forward a couple of years, I'm starting to dance bachata and I become, uh, uh, and my partner during this time, her name is Judith Cordero uh, Pereiro, and she's the creator of Bachata Sensual. Doing all of this, she's traveling the world. Now I'm always, now she's, she's the best in the game. She's the creator of a, of a dance style, like a literal living legend in this style. And I'm living with her. So as a result, I'm starting now, all of a sudden I'm meeting, on a weekly I'm meeting, World Championship salsa dancers, Afro Latin, like Afro Latin, like the best, best creme de la creme of that scene. And now I have all the knowledge of training in my in in my head. So I'm thinking these people, they are athletes. They should understand how to train at least. Nothing. Nobody's stretching. Nobody's warming up properly. That's when I see the opening in the market. In this case, so I'm going to help Afro Latin dancers become mentally and physically stronger. And we started the world's first festival doing that thing. Helped. Uh, for, we did it for three years, 2017, 18, 19. We was going to do it in 2020, but COVID happened. Kept on doing that, kept on doing that. 400 people approximately each year came from all over the world. We had 20 different, 20 plus different international artists from Cuba, Angola, uh, Dominican Republic, uh, Spain, Portugal, all over. Sweden. And then I turned that into an online business, which is what I'm currently also doing yeah yeah i love that um i love how you you're talking about sports specific and um uh just kind of innovation in the movements and you know talking about stretching and just kind of basing turning it into a science and a business um you know that's true entrepreneurship yeah and i'm, and I'm very big on building upon things that you already have so it's like i don't so if you see my thing, it's like i worked as a as a as a waiter and then i worked as a salesman and then i worked and I was a door salesman, and then I started training, and then I started, I started dancing, and then I started training specifically dancers, and then I kept doing the same thing, but online. So I don't, I always, I'm a big, big, big believer on building on top of things and skills that you already have instead of actually needing to go back and like, okay, now I need to rethink what am I going to do, <laughs> take a completely different route in life. If you already have skills, like start building on top of things, especially things that you, you are good at. Uh -huh. I love that building upon that. That's so powerful. Uh, you know, we have kind of a couple minutes uh, before we end it. But so one thing is, uh, you talked about overcoming panic attacks and anxiety. And uh, can you talk about kind of the the triggers and delve into the strategies that you help to turn your mental health around? 
Yeah, definitely. So when it comes to panic anxiety attack, I had that for struggling for the longest time with that and just being anxious. And one of the things that I really understood was, okay, so it's all in my mind. And it sounds strange for people that are dealing with it. But as soon as I understood that I had to take ownership over my own mind and I had to take ownership over my health, that's the time when I started to get better. And I had mentors and I started sharing more and I joined communities online, offline, and all of this like it became a positive spiral. So the more I kept doing it, the more I started taking care of myself, the better I felt. So until today, I'm, I'm addicted to taking care of myself. But like, I'm drinking water, not necessarily because I'm thirsty, but I just know how good it is for my health. I'm not drinking any sugar or eating any sugar. I'm really staying away in order for me to live the most optimal life. Again, I'm building on top of thought patterns that had this young, like I said in the beginning of this podcast, I really want to live a big life. I want all of it. <laughs> so I want to feel good. I want to feel in my most optimal state. So constantly making sure that I'm focusing on breathing exercises, constantly making sure that I'm journaling, constantly making sure I'm taking care of my physical health, constantly making sure that I'm eating the right thing, and constantly making sure that I'm resting. But I still see it as rest, I see it as recharge. So when I'm taking days off, I don't lay on the bed and do nothing. I'm making sure that I go down to the beach, I snorkel, we go on hikes, things that, that recharge me. So I don't focus on resting, I focus on recharging. So that is definitely things that I highly recommend when it comes to your mental health and community. Yeah. Again, I can't stress the importance of community and mentorship. Yeah, I love that. Um, then talk about your TEDx talk and um, you know what was that? What was the inspiration? I haven't, I'm going to be honest. I haven't seen it yet. I actually recorded it. Uh, my uh, I have a videographer that I'm working with. My videographer was recording TEDx like on the side, but I haven't seen it yet. I'm looking, I want to see the official recording. But so my, the topic of conversation was vision zero, men and women getting together to accomplish the impossible, which is essentially vision zero. That's something that Sweden presented in 1997, which is a nationwide incentive to end all deaths in traffic. So accomplishing vision zero. Now, I turned that into accomplishing another vision zero and to my own vision zero, which is essentially ending all suicides. Uh, I don't know if you know, but we have an extremely high suicide rate, well, not only in Africa, but in the world. Every 40 seconds, somebody decides to end their own life worldwide, which is absolutely insane. And it doesn't need to be like that because that's something that can be prevented. That is just something we have accepted. But if we go into first principle thinking that we can stop that, that is vision zero for me, making sure we're ending suicides, making sure that men get a way to communicate and men and women working together, which is something I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of, especially now how the world is separated. We have extreme people on this side and extreme people on one side. And I think that's completely screwed and fabricated that we need to get together, working together in order for us to do that. So I did that TEDx talk. And then I also this weekend actually was in the capital of Cape Verde, which is Praia in the island of Santiago, and did exactly the same TEDx talk, but in, uh, in Creole, which is our native language here. And I did that call, uh, in a parliament house in front of First Lady of Cape Verde and different, different politicians. So uh, powerful talk, and, and it, it's, a, it's my life story in the beginning, and then I'm coming into talking about Vision Zero, and then by then I'm presenting this solution. Yeah. How can people contact you, uh, check out your work, check out your TEDx talk, etc.? You can find me anywhere on coach.sebastian.cv or uh, www.meetcoachsebastian.com. That is M-E-E-T, coachsebastian.com. 
uh, com. That's where you can find yeah. it. And for all the listeners out there, let's thank uh, Coach Sebastian for coming on all the way from Africa. And this would be unable to record without, you know, technology. So that's really democratized the world. Yes. And um, I love that. And all of his resources will be in the links and show notes. And with that, thanks so much for coming on. Thank you. Bless.